The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. This is a sequel chat after credit show. This week we are covering WandaVision, episodes 1 and 2. Warning, Sequel Chat is a movie lover's podcast featuring discussions of the latest cinematic sequels in theaters now. These weekend of release reviews are spoiler-filled and highly flammable, so please use caution when listening. You have been warned. We are back with sequel chat in a little different format here. We are talking WandaVision. If you haven't started following Disney Plus, I don't know where you've been in the last year, but now the MCU is beginning to drop TV shows and basically the first five, six months of this year, we are getting a brand new episode of MCU TV every Friday night. Uh, This is kind of bonkers, but at the same time, it's not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If that was your worry, it is not. Um, So with me today, I am Jeremy and this is Colton. All right, so what were your first impressions when that episode began? Uh, I gotta say that uh, I really appreciated that they put two episodes together at the beginning because that allowed me to get into it a little more deeply and to understand what they're trying to do because there was a bit of a transition of style between the two episodes, uh, basically informing the audience in a way that this is going to evolve. If we just gotten the first episode alone, I don't know if I would have been as interested. Uh, I've been telling people all weekend, I'm not wowed, but I'm intrigued. And, and they do have me hooked, making me want to see more. That first episode... Clearly, they drew their inspiration from I Love Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show, especially the way uh, Vision walks through a piece of furniture, a small piece of furniture that's in front of the front door, just the way it almost like how Dick Van Dyke tripped and fell back in the day. Yeah. A uh, little homage like that. Um, Dyke on as a consultant on this. Uh, I don't know if you were aware of that. Uh, I, I was very amused when I found out that Dick Van Dyke, for all his uh, – uh, mental acuity and his involvement in the world. The dude is 95 and he's still tap dancing, you know, literally. Yeah. And he had not heard of Avengers Endgame. He had not heard of the MCU. Huh. He's asking Kevin Feige, so what producing work have you been up to? And Kevin Feige's like, oh, I did Avengers Endgame. And he could tell by the look on uh, Dick Van Dyke's face. He had no idea what he was talking about. And he politely tells him, you know, it's the biggest movie of all time. And Van Dyke was like, really? Wow. And <laughs> they had kind of a nice smile laughing moment for that. Um, but Van Dyke put his input on it and I could tell even before I heard that story, I could tell they at least took influence from that. And I did a little reading and found out Kevin Feige loved these old sitcoms. They just spoke to him when he was a kid and he was never really sure how he could take that love and put it into the MCU. And then he came across this, uh, limited series that came out, I want to say 2016 where vision is put in a leave it to beaver type setting. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't know about that till recently. And, it's interesting watching them take inspiration from that sort of thing. But yes, the inspiration from 50s and 60s sitcoms, I saw that right away. And the, and the second episode, like, I'm sorry, you'd have to be born under a rock to not realize that they were borrowing from Bewitched. Oh, yes. But the opening title sequence, I mean, the animation style, I'm surprised royalties weren't paid. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm sure they, they grease some palms there just yeah. for the... 
the homage, but I mean, mm-hmm. it it was they man they picked and chose and homaged all throughout both episodes from all three of those shows. Um, it definitely influenced how Wanda's magic is used. One could say mm-hmm. um, chaotic magic, maybe. But yeah, it it was very reminiscent of those old old shows. The more I keep watching them and the more I keep thinking through these two episodes, the more the more random theories I keep getting and and the more I want to find out where they're going with this. Yeah. The trope of having the boss come over for dinner like that's just been <laughs> wow. Like, like they, they really reached into the classic tropes like that has been done by The Simpsons. That has been done by Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That, that is a trope that has just been done to death over the years and they managed to wink and nod while they retread it. And, and I enjoyed that. And I, and I enjoyed how it did the traditional camera styles of the old sitcoms, but every once in a while, we don't know exactly why, but we know that there are some cracks in this false reality that Wanda is in. And we can tell by those cracks simply by changing where they place the camera. You know, it, it really helps you appreciate the art of filmmaking when you realize you just kind of, you kind of take for granted when you watch something unfold before you. But once you actually have that dramatic change of the camera angle, it, it just it spoke volumes. I don't know how to put words to it, but just uh, for if you haven't seen this episode yet, we probably will have a spoiler warning on this, I suppose. Right. Like, oh, yes, there's a scene where the boss uh, visions boss is starting to choke. All of a sudden it abandons the sitcom format of having the camera be really far away and maybe a little bit above the actors. And it gets really close and even down below. Yeah. And in their faces and, and very foreboding. And I was just like, wow, it, it, it just screams, you know, a small crack in the reality that Wanda is in without actually saying it. You know what I mean? And I just I really appreciated the craftsmanship that went into this. I, I It's my understanding that the big writer on this show, uh, she's actually been working with Marvel Studios for a while. I don't know if you have her name on hand, but, you know, she wrote Captain Marvel. And uh, I, I got to say, she managed to pay homages while clearly winking, but not in a way that is scornful of these old styles. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's really hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to poke fun at something without crossing that line of being scornful. She's showing love for this material without condescending to it too much. Yes. um, You can also say that they are poking fun at it. Yeah. Yeah. They're absolutely poking fun. It's, it's not mean spirit. It's very much the, the, the very Brady sequel, whatever that came out, not that long ago, uh, 1996. Yeah, but but uh, I, I'm I'm guessing the Brady Bunch type thing is coming up in the coming episodes. Like, in fact, I saw some snippets that really look like that. You know? Yeah, I, and it, and I believe throughout when they were advertising the show, they put out a different poster for every decade that they're going to be going through. Yeah. So we're going to be evolving through this TV mm-hmm. show. Our little sequel chats are going to be evolving right along with it, seeing how this show moves on, what our thoughts are as to where they're going, maybe if our ideas are all right, if they're Mm -hmm. not. And yeah, we're going to enjoy some Marvel TV. Mm -hmm. And the end of episode two had them literally physically transitioning from black and white to color. Kind of the same way sitcoms did in the late 60s, early 70s. So I would not be surprised if our Brady Bunch knockoff was the next episode. Very, very possible there. Now, when when they began the transition sequence, did you catch that it's it's a red color 
that leads the way in making the transition. I didn't give that a whole lot of thought, but that makes sense considering Vision's skin tone as well as Wanda's alter ego, the Scarlet Witch. Right. They they did go very vibrant on mm-hmm. the Technicolor once they transitioned, or maybe it's just the stark contrast of going from black and white, grayscale up to full color again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh man, it, we're deep into theory here because I mm-hmm. keep thinking that basically Wanda is the living embodiment of the reality stone. I thought she got her powers from experiments with the Mind Stone. True, but she's able to, she was powerful enough to destroy the stones, but it was a similar, similar effect. The red sweeping across, much like Thanos when he was showing the different I realities. I see. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't a hundred... Having just rewatched those two films recently, uh, it wasn't ex- uh, to me the texture wasn't the same. The color was I- the same. exactly the wasn't. exactly. So I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare it to the Aether or Reality Stone, as it were. I'm not there yet. I, you, that very well could be the case. It's just being slightly altered because the source is different now because the stones are gone. Uh, I think right. And I mean, where we pick up from Wanda is I, the last moments that she. she we saw her. She destroyed the Mind Stone, watched it get re-put together. Uh, Thanos rip it out of Vision's head. Vision went gray. Yes. Maybe in tying into the black and white that we're seeing in these episodes. Maybe. And then she gets dusted and comes back for the big battle at the end of Endgame. Yeah. And maybe through her dusting that unlocked more of her chaotic magic power level uh, of which we're now seeing almost a bubble reality, like almost Truman Show-esque bubble reality. Yeah. One of the big theories, and this is going back like over a year. One of the big theories I had was a story I heard a long time ago. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Maybe you even know the name of it, where Wanda vision had this beautiful idyllic life together and it went on for a long time and then all of a sudden mephisto shows up and and shows her that the life she'd been having with vision was all a uh, facade that he'd made up mm-hmm. the children they had together were false they didn't exist they were figments of her imagination of her false reality part of me is wondering if that's it like the, her nosy neighbor agnes which getting vibes that she's uh some type of marvel character what is it agatha harkness some yes. type of witch or something like that yes and at one point uh, somebody makes the comment the devil's in the details and agnes goes that's not the only place he is uh-huh. that had me wondering like is mephisto going to be in the equation at all or is that a nod and a wink or is that something more i don't uh, know yeah it- likely he'll be showing up there is rumors he'll be also appearing in loki um of which loki kind of spins off of wandavision also tying into spider-man 3 which ties into doctor strange 2 doctor strange in the multiverse of madness yeah Mm-hmm. I'm told that basically they will form a loose trilogy. I, I, I've heard rumors Doctor Strange is going to show up in WandaVision. I would not or, doubt that. Yeah. It's my understanding that Benedict Cumberbatch, he's been a trooper. He carefully filmed all of his scenes for the non-Doctor Strange movies or projects that he's where he's not the headliner. You know what I mean? Right. He basically put set aside two weeks and he just went and he filmed them all. They're all filmed. They're all ready to go. His part in Spider-Man 3, his part nice. in one. I'm told he got them all done in one fell swoop in two weeks. And uh, if that's the case, I'm looking forward. I'm hearing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, like can I dish? Like, Oh, you know, yes. Like, Go like for you it. Probably, you probably already know about this, but I'm hearing that like Evan Peters, who played yes. Fox's 
description of Quicksilver. Uh, Wanda's brother, who, boiler alert, he passed away in Age of Ultron, because the rights to the character were split between Marvel Studios and then separately Fox, we had two Quicksilvers, and as part of the crazy reality warping, apparently the alternate version Quicksilver, played by Evan Peters, in X-Men Days of Future Past, will show up here. Or so that's the rumor. At least he's been spotted on set. Has that much been confirmed? Uh, yes, I, I have been seeing those uh, confirmations as well, that he was scheduled to appear and has been on set. Um, and again, this might seem a little bit too esoteric, but there's a lot of stuff that happened that I have major questions about, like the beekeeper. Like, do you have any idea what the beekeeper is? Okay, so... In, in thinking about all of this, like same with the little helicopter, same with the almost like explosions uh -huh. that we heard multiple times. It, it's almost like as as we saw on the screen as they pulled out from the end, end of the first episode, that sword shields next evolution is now on site monitoring the situation and likely attempting to get in. Uh, it has been confirmed that it, that was the voice of Jimmy, Jimmy Wu, uh, the, the officer who was basically the harassing. FBI agent. Yes. Who is now working for sword is the one who came over the radio asking Wanda, Wanda, who's doing this to you? So, so that's confirmed that that's not a rumor. That really was that uh, Jimmy Wu. It really sounds like him. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that's what I've been hearing is that it sounds like him. I think it's him, but uh, I haven't been able to get any confirmation. So it, it appears that S.W.O.R.D. is trying to infiltrate the bubble, this reality. And every time there's an incursion, Wanda rewrites it or her mind is writing over these people so that it's easier for her to, I, I guess, understand or comprehend I'm assuming that helicopter that came in was an actual helicopter and she transformed it into a toy helicopter. That's a good theory. I um, was wondering about that myself. Okay. So about the beekeeper, he does yeah. have a sword logo on his back. That could be somebody who tried to infiltrate in a hazmat suit. Um, there was, you could barely make out an actor's face on, on, in the suit. I, I for me personally, I wouldn't even say barely. He was just... He or she was so obscured. I it, just... it was a male face. Okay. I, I will say that. Uh, okay. But very generic, like 70s secret agent type looking okay. dude. And the way she just instantly, like she said no to him, right? Like she just. Yes. She was annoyed. She, she was bothered by what was happening. And all of a sudden it looked like, according to her will, she suddenly VHS style rewinds. Rewound it, reality. Goes back to, is this really happening? Pointing to her for lack of a better phrase, insta-pregnancy, mm -hmm. and then just carries on from there in an alternate direction. So I got this sense that she's in some type of deep, powerful denial that she's determined to keep alive. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's likely that's the only way she can have vision is in her own reality. Um, uh, there, there is another storyline that they were talking about where in the comics uh, she does reanimate vision and... It comes to a point to where he cannot leave the reality that she is controlling or else he deactivates again. Uh, and so different. we might have to come to a point where she she has to decide to let him go or he has to talk her into letting him go again. Oh, boy. I just I do remember. Um, gosh, Paul Bettany, uh, who plays um, I keep I, I don't want to accidentally say Jarvis. No vision. He played Jarvis. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I know. But just, 
but we're talking Vision. He let it slip that we're going. It's going to be revealed to us what happened to Vision's body, and yeah, that that has me wondering. Like, does she have his physical husk in that orb with her, wired up or synced up with something? It just, uh, I'm, I'm just a part of me is getting some Frankenstein vibes. Uh, you know? A little bit, a little bit. Um, there. Okay, so there are screen caps from trailers that they have shown us where she is breaking into a sword facility. And I'm I'm assuming sword form during the five years that everyone was snapped away. Um, That's likely to basically make sure that another Thanos didn't happen again, I imagine. Yes, but also they redid what sword stands for for the MCU. Uh, which I'm not surprised by because S.H.I.E.L.D. has had different meanings behind the acronym over the years. Yes, but mm-hmm. this also points to the fact that they're not looking otherworldly. Basically, they were an outward looking organization trying to defend the Earth against aliens and, and the like. It, it used to be sentient world observation, but they reworded it to sentient weapon observation. Ah. So it's an inward looking at Earth. And so, of course, Wanda being a gigantic weapon, a living weapon, would be under the radar of S.W.O.R.D. Oh, okay. Which also leads us to say, what else is out there in the world that they've been tracking down? Or maybe this is just the next evolution of S.H.I.E.L.D. due to the Sokovia Accords and everyone with powers having to register. Yeah, I I think it could be both. It could be between... The initiatives of the Sokovia Accords and also the government reacting to Thanos. Even if it doesn't come from another world, they don't want anybody to have power like that again, unchecked. Right. But yeah, I, I'd only been here. I, and I got to be honest, the hazmat suit, the beekeeper suit, I did not see the sword symbol. So that that's a big thing. Yeah, I, mean, I, I only caught it on a second viewing. Um, there yeah. are screen grabs out there. You can look um, yeah. or just go watch it again. Uh, oh, so many Easter eggs. Like I, I managed to catch the Grim Reaper Easter egg of that helmet between the floors. I don't know if you caught yes. that. Yes. Like that was clever. I was I was lucky I caught that. Yeah, they are throwing a lot of Easter eggs at us all throughout these. Now, the commercials, the commercials, those are interesting and they are very tying into I've heard a few people discuss them and it's like they're they're leading towards each of the different tragedies. Yes. Shaped her life. Yes, that is exactly what I derived just from casually viewing it. I haven't discussed this with anyone else yet, but that's exactly what I derived. And I was looking forward to that. I was like, I heard they were going to put fake commercials in the middle of it. And I was like, that'll be fun. First one was for a Stark Enterprises toaster. Yes. And while the toaster is cooking, it has this menacing, ominous ticking to it, almost like a bomb getting ready to go off. It's a beep ready to explode. Yeah. I almost like it made me think of that time when Wanda was 10 years old and having dinner with her family and a missile from Stark had bombed out her building. But one of them turned out to be a dud and she was sitting there in the rubble for what, two days waiting for this dud yeah. to go off. Never did. Do you think that was intentional? Like they very, were trying to very intentional okay. because even when it's counting down, like you're like, what's going to happen? Like the the audience gets into that beeping Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then it it should have gone off, and there's a pause, and you're like, uh, uh, okay, and, and then all, it pops up. And above all, the uncomfortable look on the lady's face as she's waiting on this toaster, right. like, like she was the surrogate for the audience. That that really helped sell it for me. In, in her very I love Lucy look, 
Yes. Um, yes. And it's the same couple that's doing all the commercials, it appears. Yes. Uh, the second commercial, also. Uh, at first, I, I was like, Strucker, that sounds familiar. Then I saw the Hydra symbol on the watch, and then I remember. Yes. Ah, Baron Von Strucker. Strucker. Yes. Baron Von Strucker is the guy, for those of you who don't know, uh, post credit scene of Captain America 2, as well as Avengers Age of Ultron. He is the guy who experimented on Wanda using Loki's scepter, the Mind Stone, and gave her her powers so when the commercial talks about you know Strucker making time for you it just seems like it it sounds like he experimented on her for a while i don't think that she got those powers overnight well yeah no her and the brother were the only survivors and and it's i i don't think it was that they mm, they've been very careful in how they word how they get the powers and it's more like an unlocking than a giving of power so it's so it's possible the x gene was involved they just didn't it's know it possible yet. yes for legal purposes like seriously they weren't even allowed to use the word mutant back then right that's why they said miracles there was oh yes the age of miracles yeah yes. i remember that. that was great i remember seriously um gosh 2014 at a comic-con panel elizabeth olsen accidentally used the word mutants and some people were speculating online uh-oh is, <laughs> is, is, is a lawsuit going to happen and <laughs> And, and, you know, it was cleared up. She said it out in public on a panel, so it's fine. It's if we do it in the movie that right. we can have trouble, you right. know? That's when the copyrights really kick in. But now that's not an issue with Disney buying Fox and bringing everything in-house. So now they left things loosey-goosey enough they could go and do that classic comic book thing of retconning. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, yeah, she was a mutant all along. Yeah, sure. Right. Let's make Magneto her father again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they actually undid that, right? Well, I mean, if they meld realities, if Evan Peters is coming over as Pietro or Peter, then maybe not. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, interesting. Now, the the tagline for that toaster, I, I think there's something ominous in it. It's the forget the past. This is your future. Yeah, I caught that, too. That, yeah. Well, well. I caught that it was a little bit uh, for a commercial that's trying to sell you a product. I was like, that's a little bit insistent. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Ominous. Um, The, the talent show was hokey and corny and gum drunk vision (laughs) was very entertaining. However, that detail was so unique. Uh, There was a leaker who leaked that like forever ago. Like, I don't know if you've been following any of the leakers who work behind the scenes. Yeah. So somebody leaked that a long time ago, and I just – it's just one of those things where you know they are an authentic source when it comes true because it's so strange. That talent show was so bizarre. It was entertaining, but it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do love the term you you coined for it, gum drunk. Right. Describe what happened to Vision. Frankly, he's lucky that he didn't accidentally revert to his true face in the midst of that. I was afraid that was going to happen. Very close. It didn't happen. Right. Um, and – and Wanda having to think on the fly and create illusions out of the chaos that he was creating um, just to keep up the charade that they've been living. And and at the same time, the ah, how he keeps his his magician name of illusion. And she's glamour. I, yeah, I keep thinking there's it's just part of it is it's not just the 
the name, but it's all giving the audience a little bit to go, you know, this probably isn't the real Vision, because we're also seeing a side of Vision that's never been out and about. He's never been in this way. Vision has always been very demure and serious. To see him get goofy kind of makes you question, who are you and what have you done with Vision, you know? Yeah. Another classic sitcom trope. <laughs> Seriously, I heard that line on Full House once. Who are you and what have you done with Jesse? Right. And yes, I heard there is going to be a Full House-esque 90s episode, maybe 80s episode coming up. And they are studiously trying to avoid anything that will refer to the Olsen twins. And I, that's probably wise. Right. I mean, for those she's of you an Olsen. Know, for those of you who don't know, the Olsen twins are Elizabeth Olsen's sister. And I got to say, it's great that she's built her own brand and people forget that fact, you know? It, it will be difficult because she's an Olsen. She looks pretty similar to them and also has twins and and a couple of the little teaser shots that they've given us kind of seem a little bit full house-esque with the twins yeah um gosh she had her hair done how how do you describe it when the hair is kind of lopped off to the side like deb from napoleon Uh, dynamite yeah it's it's like a it's like a, a a bun off to one side or a ponytail off to one side yeah something like that which is very 80s, 90s, early 90s sitcoming, you know? Yes. Uh, I, I Again, I'm intrigued, but I just, uh, I'm left wanting more. The, the, the promise of having the show evolve is what got me hooked. Yes. And and the fact that we, we keep seeing the same supporting characters over and over and over again, mm-hmm. the same guys that work with Vision are also the guys that are on the Neighborhood Watch team who attend the talent show, mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, Norm keeps showing up. I'm wondering if they're previous agents who've attempted to infiltrate the reality and just have become swept up inside the, the Wanda's mind, basically. Yeah. I've got to say I'm really impressed with Catherine Hahn. Like, I've seen her do a variety of comedic stuff. This is totally different than anything she's ever done. Her role of Agnes doing that... Uh, Gosh, what's what was the name of that legendary actress? I'm trying to remember her name. Catherine. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's late. I'm having a hard time remembering a name. The African Queen. She starred in a film called The African Queen. Legendary actress Catherine something. Uh, Catherine Hepburn. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine Hepburn. I feel awful. I'm, I'm going to get reamed for this if anybody's listening to this because uh, she's like one of the great screen legends of all time. Anyways, Catherine Hahn imitated her mannerisms because they were common for that time. Whatever this is, my, you know, my, my husband, Ralph, well, whatever happens to him this way, you know, and I love the way she delivered this. And again, what I complimented earlier about the entire project, that it is poking fun at the sensibilities of the era w- without actually like hating on it, you know? And I mean, even down to the little tropes of the married couple sleeping in separate beds and then <laughs> the hokiness of, oh, we'll just fix this bed. Uh, yes. Literally, when the Brady Bunch had them, the parents in the same bed, that actually was considered scandalous to many people. It was. I'm I'm glad they had some fun with that by, you know, making the audience go, you know, because back then that really was a big leap when it came to, you know, moving the cultural meter as it is. Right. And and considering they actually shot these in front of a studio audience, um, I'm surprised there hasn't been more leaking. That's that's news to me. It sounded like genuine saved canned laughter they actually oh, filmed... i i think they did film it in front uh-huh. of some some audience okay. it, it uh-huh. might have been marvel marvel executives or their fam- their families, families people right. who signed the craziest of ndas right 
to make certain that nothing got leaked out. But oh, if that's the case, I got to find out how to get in on shows like that because I'd love to have caught that. I'd never been in a studio audience for a sitcom before. I, I once dated a girl who literally she had a big portfolio full of sitcoms that she'd attended, and uh, I'm. I'm I'd love to be able to sit in on one of those sometimes, but I have no idea how to get a golden ticket for that sort of thing. Right. There's got to be a broker out there that can get you in. So what are your final thoughts on this? Ooh, final thoughts. I am super intrigued to see where this goes. Maybe which of my various theories will pan out. Um, We'll be hearing more of those as we go along. And which ones they completely subvert my thinking on that, that really set us up for phase four going forward. Uh, I'm excited. My final thought is I'm looking forward to, I want to find out where Wanda has been between now and the end of Endgame because I don't think, I don't know if this, I want to know, is this straight out of Endgame? How did this happen? I'm hoping there's some kind of a flashback that'll show how she got stuck in this alternate reality. I don't want this to be a 100% deuce ex machina, you know. Right. I, I I like details, you know. Um, right. Yeah. You can confuse us up front, but you got to fill us in. As for the hints of somebody's watching this Truman Show style, I really hope next episode a little more peek outside of the bubble. Some commentary. Some people who are out there mentioning what's going on, how long it's been going on, what their interest in it is. Uh, I hope we get a little bit more of that in episode three. Yes. Hopefully, um, I know we are going to be seeing a lot more of. Uh, Jimmy Woo. We also have Darcy returning from the Thor franchise. Finally, it's been over seven years since we last saw right. her in Nancy. Um, possibly Sword is just going around collecting whoever survived that has any sort of weird expertise. And we'll probably get a bunch of cameos as we go forward. So trippy. Looking forward to it. I don't know if I'm going to stay up till one in the morning again to catch the premiere, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, It might happen more often as we get deeper and deeper into the mystery. But uh, as of right now, I'm okay watching it the evening out after it drops. Just avoid the internet beforehand. Yes. Alrighty, folks. We're signing off for now. This is not the end. We will continue, and until next time, we have been Sequel Chat. Jeremy, who's doing this to you, Jeremy? Jeremy, who's doing this to you? I don't know! Hope you enjoyed all of the fun of today's episode and invite you to join us on our regularly scheduled podcast, Sequel Quest, where we imagine the next installments of your favorite movie franchises. Find Sequel Quest on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and on most of your favorite podcatchers. And of course, visit us at our new home on the web, theretronetwork.com. This has been a presentation of The Retro Network.